How are we feeling, Orange County? It's time. It's Tuesday evening, uh, and that means it's time for another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I think we're all feeling good after uh, a great, great victory at home against Sacramento. We'll talk about that and much more on this episode. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey with three other gentlemen uh, as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Let me introduce first someone who has been with us since day one, and he is promising to be here for more than two minutes this episode. That's Dylan from Canaline Coalition. Dylan, how are we doing, man? I'm doing well. Um, it's good to be back, and it's good to actually be here properly. Um, but I do have to say that, yeah, even if you play two minutes of the match, it still counts as an appearance. So I like to think that two minutes on the podcast um, also counts as an appearance. Um, anyway, shout out to uh, Skyball out there in Irvine, California. Um, praise be, Skyball. And and for anyone listening or watching, wondering what Dylan is referencing there, uh, we'll definitely get into that a little bit later on into this episode. Also, let me introduce one of our other co-hosts here down in San Diego. That's Alan Underwood, a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Alan, how's San Diego doing for you? Uh, it is great. Um, I had to uh, miss last week because I had a Padres game that I was attending. Um, and also just avoiding talking about a, the week of soccer that was last week. So it's great to be here to chat about Orange County soccer, especially after uh, a good week for them. I love how you're still uh, claiming that Padres game was a real thing there. And we'll get into that probably a little bit later on. Um, last but not least, let me bring in all the way from Reno, Brad, Brad, you, me and you, we, we handled this last week. And now we got the other two guys back. Are we going to be able to keep this going? I mean, I don't have to do as much this week. Also, uh, to reference uh, uh, Dylan's lovely two minutes, uh, you know, sure, that counts as like an appearance, but do you get a rating for it? I don't think so. I guess I guess not. Who knows? We'll figure that out. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through this episode. Uh, but uh, we're going to change things up here. Uh, you know, we, we like to do that every, every so often. And on this episode, <laughs> we're going to change up the... Um, the order of things. We've got a guest on ready to join us right as we kick off things. Uh, this uh, guest we're introducing for the first time here on the podcast. Also, very recently to Orange County and, and the Southern California area. It's been a hectic few weeks, I'm sure, for this gentleman uh, all the way uh, from Glasgow, Scotland. We've got, well, he's now in Orange County, of course. We've got Reese Breen, defender for Orange County. Reese, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer cast for the first time. Perfect. Thanks very much, guys. Excited to be here. I'm loving it. Uh, I love my time so far. Um, aye, it's brilliant. No, we're we're definitely glad to have you. Um, you know, it's it's probably been a whirlwind for you over these last few weeks. You know, you, it was a late sort of announcement that you'll be joining this club for for the 2021 season. You come on over, then you have to go through a little bit of quarantine as you you've made your trip on over from the other side of the world, pr practically. Uh, and then right out of quarantine, fresh out of quarantine, you get what a practice or two in, and then you're you're in the match. Uh, how, can you just let our listeners know how that whole experience has been for you? Yeah, it was quite it was quite hard at the start. Um, obviously, coming um, from Scotland to um, straight over here and then having to isolate. Um, not a lot of people want to sit in their house for seven days, um, but it's been it's been amazing um, since I came here. Um, I've been running. Um, I've been loving training. I've been working hard. Um, and then to play the game on Saturday in front of all the fans was unbelievable. Uh, so give us a little bit of information. Like how, how long ago did you find out about this, 
this season long loan with Orange County? And uh, did you get a chance maybe to speak with anyone that you know of either any of the players that were with the team last year or even Aaron Cervantes, who joined Rangers recently? Did you get a chance to sort of get any kind of information or prep of what to expect coming out here to Orange County? Uh, yeah, so obviously in partnership with the club, but I knew about that um, for a long time. Um, and obviously once Rangers had mentioned it to me, it was a no-brainer. I, um, I was I was thinking highly of it. Um, I'd spoke to obviously Danny Fitzson and Cammy, who were here last last season. Um, again, coming here, it was a no-brainer. Um, I've loved it since I've came here. And obviously speaking to Craig, um, Craig Holland, head of Rangers uh, Academy, um, I, I knew I knew it would have been good for my um, for my just to get that kind of experience there. Um, again, I've loved every second um, I've been here. Perfect. And and uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you you come out here. Your your first appearance with the club is a start uh, in a very solid defensive performance for the club. Um, you know, how did how did that go for you? Um, you know, you it seems like you slotted in there. Uh, right next to Robbie Kiernan and, and just it was comfortable for you. Uh, is that have to do with maybe the club playing a similar style that you're used to, or is this just you coming in a, as a defender and maybe defenders have it a little bit easier when they come in and join a new squad? Um, yes. Yeah, so before I came um, to Orange County, um, I was on loan at a club of the championship in Scotland. Uh, so I feel like the the experience that I got from that was unbelievable. Um, I've changed so much as a player and as a person. Um, so when when I when I came when I came onto the pitch, uh, I didn't really think about it. Um, obviously, Rob is really experienced. Um, I learned a lot from him. But it was the second I was on the pitch, I just felt comfortable, and I knew I had to do my job. And one uh, moment that stuck out uh, for, I, I know uh, Dylan, myself, and Alan, we're all up in the press box watching this match. And there was a moment, I believe, in the second half where you were running down uh, one of the Sacramento players on the left side of the pitch. And you looked like you were just determined to get to that ball. I mean, we were up there in the in the uh, deck area, and we could see in your eyes that you were not going to let that guy get by you. Uh, where does that come from? Is that just, is that what fans can expect out of, uh, uh, out of respring this uh, this season. Well, yeah, that's my job. Um, I, I feel like that's a big part of my game is um, obviously tackling, um, being a hard defender, and being hard to beat. Um, that's something that is I, I've been brought up with. Uh, that's the style of my game. Obviously, you no, know, if a striker's coming at me, uh, I'm, there's only one thing to do, and that's to uh, make sure I win the ball. Okay, well, apparently, oh, I see I'm, ask, I'm asking a question now, Reese. so sorry. Um, Reese, you've obviously played, you mentioned you played at Queen of the South. Um, you played in um, with Partick, I believe, as well, in League One um, in Scotland before you've come here. So can you give us a, a comparison to what life is like, um, at least on the pitch and at training here versus what's, uh, what's an average day um, in Scotland for you? Um, so it's very similar in some sort of ways. Um, obviously, the, the only thing that I feel like is a lot different here is the the weather. Obviously, Scotland isn't really a, a warm place. Um, it's it's really really hard to adapt to. But I feel like since I've been here, um, I'm slowly but surely adapting to the way that that, that we want to play, um, the way that the the weather is. Um, Obviously, Partick Fitzroy and Queen of the South, um, they didn't play as much football um, as Orange County does. So, again, I've came to a club uh, and I, I know that I'm going to be playing a lot of football here compared to the clubs that I've actually been to. Okay. Um, and then stepping away from the pitch a little bit, what's, uh, I know you've not been here for very long, but what's your, what's your favourite thing about Orange County so far? It has to, it has to be the weather. Um, it's it's so it's so different compared to Scotland. Um, the scenery, everything is just the, the environment in general. is is an amazing place, and I, I'm really really privileged to be here. So, um, I know you're a, a young lad, and uh, you're learning a lot from some of the older players. But Orange County does have academies uh, uh, program, and there's probably some. Uh, younger center back who is looking at you 
for examples. What do you hope that some of these younger players might take from you? Uh, what kind of example are you trying to set as far as like, like how you play the game? Um, so growing up, um, I had an injury um, for two years. Um, so again, that was really a hard point in my life. Um, so again, like see how to be professional. And that's probably the biggest thing. That's probably why I'm where I am now. Um, being professional throughout my full career, um, doing doing extra extra work in the gym, out with football. Uh, I feel like that's the biggest thing for any young player um, to progress through. Um, yeah, I feel like professionalism is definitely the, the main part of a football's job. And if you've got that, it can take you really, really far in the game. Nice. And a little bit, another Orange County question. Uh, have you been able to uh, sample any local restaurants? And if so, what has been your favorite place to go get some food? Uh, I went to a Brazilian steakhouse, I think. I can't remember the name. Um, it was it was unbelievable. Um, they, they came over, sliced the meat in front of you, all this different kind of meats. Um, so that's probably been the best experience um, food-wise. What, Ray? I think we lost Ray's sound. I'm muted. There we go. Now I'm back on. Um, I was just going to comment on the experience here in America, getting that all-you-can-eat opportunity. I don't know how often you get that in Scotland or in, in the UK, but I know that's a big thing here in America is those all-you-can-eat or buffet-style uh, meals. I'm going to pass it on over to Brad if Brad has a question or two for you. Oh, I was unmuted. Uh well, I just want to make the first comment that we have all-you-can-eat sushi in Nevada, which is pretty great. Um, so all-you-can-eat in America is great. Um, my question for you is, what is – so obviously you literally just finished a season over in uh, Scotland right before coming here. Um, what's, what's your – I guess uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? conditioning right now um and how is it going to be is it going to be a challenge for you to keep good conditioning through the year since you already just played a season uh so it kind of goes back to the point um that i was injured for two years so when obviously rangers announced that they mentioned it to me that i was going to come here it was a no-brainer I, I wanted to make sure i was playing football again i'd missed out two years of learning um on the football side of it so I feel, I feel like the last thing that I need is a break. And obviously, I, I just finished a season there, but it doesn't really bother me. The fact that I'm coming back to play football because it's something that I love doing. Awesome. And um, how how are you fitting in with the team right now? Uh, what's, what's your opinion on Orange County as a whole, the soccer club as a whole, and um, your experience so far working with the team? Um, everybody's been so welcome, uh, welcoming. Um, I've came in. Uh, I've only been here two weeks, and it feels like I've been here a lot longer. Uh, all the boys that I've spoke to, I've got along with. Uh, the the coaching staff, the coaching staff have took a lot of time with me since I've been here, and I feel like in the future, I feel like I'll learn a lot from my time being here. Perfect, Reese. Uh, we actually had a couple of uh, fans chime in some questions while you, while we've been speaking here. And I know one of these questions is very similar to what Dylan had asked you. He asked you sort of what you what's your favorite thing so far. Uh, but has there been anything that surprised you uh, about Southern California so far? This is coming from Andy King listening on YouTube. Um, not a lot. Um, I know the only thing that kind of like stood out to me was obviously the conditioning um, obviously, the weather it is like it doesn't seem much, but it is a really, really big jump compared to playing in Scotland when it's nice and cool. Uh, and obviously, I'm I'm having to adapt to a different footballing style because the championship in Scotland they don't play much football. And obviously, the the style that Orange County want to play is keeping the ball, being patient, and then obviously a counter counter attack kind of thing. And you you sort of answered uh, one of our other listeners listening on Facebook's question, the sort of what the biggest difference between playing in the heat here and playing at home. Um, is it, uh, you, you know, I've never had to deal with, you know, playing in a totally different uh, atmosphere or, or climate. Uh, what's, what's the hardest thing about that? Is it just being able to stay 
fit? Is it avoiding cramping up because of the heat? What's the the most difficult part of that for uh, a player and for yourself? Yeah, I feel like fatigue is quite a big part. Uh, I feel like I've adapted to it. Um, I, I've been here for two weeks. I feel like I've adapted to it uh, very well um, for just being here for two weeks. Uh, but as it's a huge difference, and I feel like it's just the fatigue side of it. Um, yeah, I feel like it's just the fatigue side of it. Basically, yeah. Perfect. And, and now we're going to get to a few fun questions and then we'll let you go, uh, Reese, because uh, I know you're still trying to adjust to the time difference uh, between yep. Scotland and California. Uh, so first fun question will come from me and, and I'm a huge music person. So uh, just got to ask you, if you were to open up your Spotify right now and just sort of hit play or hit, you know, my playlist, what's probably the the song that plays first on that? Um, probably either Drake or Travis Scott. Um, I kind of I kind of mix my music up just depending on what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, sometimes I like disco, house, rap. It changes from time to time. And is there a particular like hype song that you have before matches? Uh, again, it, it varies. Sometimes I just kind of put it on shuffle and just let it just let it happen. Perfect. And then uh, we do have, uh, I know Dylan has a very specific question we ask every single player, but I want to open it up really quick. Alan or Brad, do you have a, a fun question for Reese before we hand it over to Dylan? I'm seeing Brad shake his head no, Alan shaking his head no, Dylan, the the, the mic is yours. All right, Reese. Well, um, all of that suspense aside, I've got a, a real downer of a question for you. Uh, what's your favorite vegetable and how do you prepare broccoli. it? Broccoli, okay. It is, yes. So again, broccoli, I, I would I would have broccoli with like a lot of things. I can put it in pasta, I can put it in like a stir fry, um, I, I can eat, I can just boil it and put some salt on it. That's uh, broccoli is probably my main one or sweet corn. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting hearing that, like the, the versatility of, of broccoli. We've never had someone uh, provide that answer when, when we're looking at a vegetable is the versatility. And you were mentioning, you know, with pasta, with stir fry, just boil it, whatever yeah. you got, you know, and, you know, throw it in a baked potato. You got a bunch of options you could do with that broccoli and it goes really well. Uh, Reese, exactly. uh, like I said, we want to let you go because we, we want you to be able to rest in preparation for uh, the upcoming match against LA Galaxy. Uh, but before we do, do you have any last message for any of the fans that may be listening to this, either uh, in Orange County or maybe even back home? Um, no, the, the, the game on Saturday was just a small taste of it. Um, it's, it's been a great two weeks since I've came here. Um, obviously, that is just the, that was just the start. Uh, our first win, and there's plenty more to come. And hopefully, uh, fans and all enjoyed that first game um, because there's plenty more where that came from. Definitely. You know, we're, we're, we're excited. We're all fans. First and foremost, we do this because we're fans. And I know a lot of the fans were excited. Uh, you know, the effort that you put out there on the pitch on Saturday, if you can continue doing that, you're going to, you're going to grow your fan base here in Southern California and Orange County tremendously. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's Reese Breen, defender for your Orange County soccer club. Reese, once again, thanks for taking some time to join us and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon in the near future. Thanks very much guys. Take it easy. Perfect. You too. Uh, it's awesome. As always, I, I think I always say this whenever we have a player on our show, it's, it's nice to hear from them, but it's, it's especially nice to hear from someone who just joined the club and right away are thrown into the mix and, and uh, are someone that's playing, played in, in, in a huge part. I, I was trying to say the big word that goes instead of huge integral part uh, of the game. I think I got that. Look at Dylan's surprise. I think I got the word right. Maybe who knows? Maybe I don't know. Uh, but a big part of that win. Um, and, and again, I, I think Dylan, Alan, we, we were all like, we had that moment where we're like, this guy is going to be legit on that play where we just saw him, you know, beasting after the uh, Sacramento left wing uh, to make sure he doesn't get towards the goal. Uh, any thoughts on, you know, the performance and we'll get into the match, but the performance of Reese uh, in that match, I'll go to you first, Dylan. Wow. Um, I feel like we usually have like one player kind of just fall into the team and, and really surprise us. Um, it was kind of Kevin Olsen a couple of years ago and I'm trying to think of who it's been since, but Danny Finlayson last year. Yeah. Danny Finlayson or even like Robbie Kiernan. Um, Cause people weren't super sure what we were going to get from him. Um, Danny Chrysostomo as well. Um all these kind of players that kind of just fit in and do really well, but it was, it was nice to see him really, really do well here and defend well. Um, and I think like the direct kind of play, he's probably used to that playing with Partick and, um, 
in League One and then playing with Queen of the South in, in the championship. Um, he's so ready for it. I mean, look at how he's built. He's just <laughs> like a wall, basically. And, uh, you know, just like a leg um, cracking, like thump and challenge, turns around and riles up the fans. Like, you'd love to see it. Um, and it, clearly he's got the the talent and the, the desire and the ability um, to really belong on that pitch. So we'll get to see it a, a bunch more, which is just great. I mean, it's like the, it's the complete gift when you've got fans back in the stadium and a player who's immediately um, turned into that. So um, I want to just really quick open it up to Alan and or Brad, if you have anything you want to say about Reese before we jump into the Sacramento um, recap, um, just nod yes or no, or just start speaking or we'll go to Sacramento. Um, yeah, I think he plays above his age or the what his age would you would like to think. Uh, he plays with like a slight edge and aggression, um, which you definitely like to see from a defender. Uh, not like reckless in any way, but just a guy who who knows exactly how hard to push himself uh, and when to pull out of challenges too. I think there was a couple times where he wa- knew like he wanted to go to ground, but he knew he wasn't going to quite get it, and he didn't want to risk that. Uh, that bad tackle um, or that yellow card. Um, so he seems like a very smart player who plays on the edge. And offensively, I think he was uh, in some set pieces, um, involved in some set piece play. Uh, and I think, you know, I would not be surprised if he nods one or two home this season just because he seems to really, really want it and fight for it. And you love to see that from from a guy on the pitch. Yeah, Brad, I, okay. I gotta agree with Alan. Uh, it's it's rare to see someone, especially someone as young as he is, he's 21, uh, come in in their first game, two weeks with the club, their first game, they're an integral part of the back line. Um, using the words that Ray was using earlier. Um, but just fit in, had a really good game, and just happy to see that he... Uh, he's a good worker and hopefully get to see more out of him over the course of the season too. No, definitely excited for that. And, and like I said, if he can put in that type of effort each and every match, he's going to earn a lot of fans here uh, in orange County. Uh, Let's move on to the Sacramento match. Let's let's talk about that. Um, Just like we did last week, we're going to try this out and keep trying it until it doesn't work. We're going to initiate the conversation with three keywords or phrases, and then we'll go from there. So for this match against Sacramento, the, the, the three keywords or phrases we are using is home cooking, the CW and WWE. So let's go to home cooking first. So that this can play a few different ways, but the main part of home cooking is good. Dylan's Dylan's confused. If you're not watching the live stream, he has no idea what's going on here. Um, but the home cooking for this, this match, this is exactly what the team needed to play in front of their home fans, actually fans in the stadium and not sitting outside the fence. Um, especially after the disappointing start to the season in Tacoma, they come home, they, they pull off that energy from the home fans and that home cooking played a huge part in an orange County one nil victory. Dylan, are you still confused as why I said home cooking? Or are you confused about the other two things? No, I, <laughs> I think I have it figured out now. I understand. Okay. Oh. So what are your thoughts on the match? Well, um, I feel like Orange County has not been a lucky team in the past. And that's just true of the last two, maybe three years. Um, things have, I'll just say two, uh, 2019, 2020. Things haven't really gone super well. Um, the teams generally performed below where they should be performing. Um, and, you know, then you get the the one little thing that kind of goes against you. And sometimes that's enough to sink you in a match. And this year it kind of seems like, that might not be the case. Um, so that's that's really nice to see. Um, and, and beyond that, just wow, like defensively resolute for the first time since maybe like last July where, you know, the team is getting tested again and again, but it, it was never like a big worry that they were going to concede. Um, but it did feel like a playoff game, and they did well. And for the second game of the year, that's – I think miles ahead um, of where maybe everyone would expect them to be. And I think especially missing a player like Adam John um, and I say, I mean, everyone's gotta be, gotta be pleased with that. 
Let me let me throw it over to you really quick, Brad, because uh, again, you you weren't at the stadium. Dylan, Allen, and myself were. So you're watching this from a, a streaming point of view. Um, and again, we're talking about how the home uh, atmosphere helped Orange County in this in this win. What did you see from watching this on the ESPN Plus stream, and how being at home and the fans returning to the stadium, how did that help Orange County uh, in their one nil victory? Well, the first thing that I noticed was immediately County Line Coalition's drums. You know, it's not much of a C as much as it is a hearing. Um, And I tweeted out, you know, I wish I was in Irvine. Um, You know, even though COVID restrictions still has the capacity under 2,000 people in the stadium, you know, friendly fans in a friendly place make a big difference no matter how many. And the stadium's not overwhelmingly big that you can't hear those drums and those fans cheer and you guys are right on the field too pretty much you know pretty close to the action uh in terms of being able to scream at players so you know it's a friendly soccer park and kind of wish i was there but obviously i live multiple hundred miles away and we'll make it out to a couple games this year alan what were your thoughts on uh caroline coalition and the rest of the home fans there um, and how they played a, a part into this uh, this match for Orange County. I think anytime you're going up against uh, a good opponent like Sacramento and you're p- pitching a clean sheet and you need to keep that clean sheet in order to get the win, uh, I think the crowd gives the team a little bit more energy and a little bit more drive to finish. Uh, you can see it toward the end of the match, too, when things get a little bit uh, chaotic. Um, you, you know had players turning to the fans and and getting them to pump up and cheer. And it really just kind of um, makes the, I think it gives the players that extra boost to get through stoppage time to, to fight to the very end when you can kind of feed off the energy versus an empty stadium. um, There's not that energy to give you that little bit extra oomph to get through a game. Uh, So I I do think it, it adds a lot. And just the pleasure of watching a match with fans again was, was, I just it felt right again. It felt nice. Um, it was a nice, warm, sunny afternoon. Turned into a nice, cool, chilly evening, um, and it was it was great. It was nice to see people out and having a good time and cheering. And they gave them something to cheer for. And I'll just say one thing uh, that uh, one of our fans uh, watching on YouTube, Andy King, uh, mentioned is he loved watching the dude bounce off of Markinen. Um, and then he's sort of confused. He can't quite figure out how to spell marketing. Uh, I'm going to pass that on to maybe Dylan or Alan. If one of you wants to uh, correct or share how to spare mar- spell marketing. M-A-R-K-K-A-N-E-N. That's it. Yeah, so, double K. So Andy almost got it. He just missed the double K on the spelling there. So um, that was really amazing. And another cool thing, just plugging into the, the home cooking and the fans there is the end of the match. The, the, the fans were pumped, but there were plenty of players from the team going on over and you could see that excitement in them, uh, in their eyes, in their emotions, in what they were doing with the fans there at the end of the match, singing along, chanting along, jumping around, high-fiving. That's something that we you love to see. And I know that's something that maybe had been missing um, in the past, uh, especially that last season before COVID. I think there was limited interaction with the fans. You have to go back to like the, the days of Andre Rawls, uh, and Christian Duke and a few of those players that every single match, regardless, they would come over and at least, you know, show love to Caroline Coalition. Um, it was nice to see that. And I know we we spoke to some of the players um, after the match, and it seems like they're on board with with supporting uh, the, the fans and, and getting involved with that, because that's always awesome. Um, let's go to the second word of phrase that we discussed, and that was the CW. And um, no, we're not referring to an old... Uh, or it's not old. It's it's still around, right? CW. I don't know. Uh, a television channel. Um, it's something locally here. Channel Five, I think. But no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the initial CW in Chris Weehan uh, oh. scoring on his home debut in Orange County. Um, an amazing goal uh, in front of his friends and family, and, and then you know going and celebrating afterwards at a local brewery. Uh, that that great uh, first match, uh, Dylan. Could we expect anything more out of Chris Weehan on his home debut for Orange County, or is that the perfect debut for the player returning to uh, Orange County? Well, I mean, it's not like he's played professionally here, right? Um, but I think no, maybe but he's a, a lo- but he's a local product. He's a local. Nah, product. we got to expect a hat trick out of him, right? 
<laughs> I don't want him to get too comfortable here. Maybe at least an assist in the next game. Goal and assist, that'd be cool. Uh, a hat trick would have helped Allen in obtaining a 10-10 draw for this match. Yeah. So, um, so but I mean, realistically, no. Um, he can play in a lot of positions, which is nice. Um, just look at where he featured for New Mexico as like as an 11, as a 10. Um, I think one time as a 7, as an 8. Maybe one time as a six, like he can kind of do anything in the midfield, which is great. Um, and watching him take that first time um, is, it makes me wonder where, you know, it makes me wish he was here last year um, to see him basically just do that first time finish near post. And it's the winning goal. Wow. What a homecoming. Well deserved beer for him afterwards. Alan, uh, what were your thoughts on his uh, home debut for Orange County? Um, I know it was also nice for him personally. Uh, I know he had some family there watching him play, and I think for the first time in a, a long time. Uh, so I know it was a pretty special debut for him as well. Uh, but I had a chance to chat with him after the match, and like any good teammate would, um, it was very much like, yeah, it was nice to score that goal, but immediately gave props to the back line, uh, made it about the team effort. Uh, and you like to see that from guys um, where – they know that it's a big moment for them, but they're still taking the opportunity to think about the team. And I know it's kind of a canned sporty answer, uh, but it would be really easy for him to really embrace how big of a deal it was for him personally, uh, but to turn it back again on his teammates and give them the props. Cause if you let in a goal, no one's talking about this debut as much. Um, that backline really made it kind of a special night for him as well. Um, and I was really hoping to talk about the demise of Seventh Heaven after they switched over from WB to CW. So I guess that whole hot take is out the window. Sorry, guys. Uh, how about you, Brad? What were your thoughts on uh, Chris Weehan's performance in this match? I thought he played very well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, was he the one who was clotheslined at the end of the game, too? No, no that was no, Brian somebody Lott. else. Okay. We're going to get to that. If you didn't put that together yet with the final word we have here, we are going to get to that. Okay, well, no, Chris Rehan had a great game, you know. Obviously, the goal is amazing. Uh, you know, one time or two. Uh, kudos to him. I don't really have too much else to add. I think you guys kind of nailed it. Um, but very happy with the play that he had on Saturday. Perfect. Yeah, I, I was excited for it. Uh, you know, probably, like Dylan was saying, a hat trick would have been perfect uh, return, or, or not return, but uh, uh performance in front of the home fans for the first time here in orange County. Uh, but you know, in a defensive matchup or defensive game, which what, what this ended up being a one nil uh, score line, Chris Weehan scoring the uh, first and first goal of the season for orange County. And the only goal in this match is pretty amazing. A great way to kick off your OCSC uh, career here uh, in front of the home fans. So I was excited about that. Now let's jump on over to that last uh, word or phrase that we talked about, which was WWE. Yes. I'm referencing what Brad uh, brought up. There is a clothesline that happened late in the match that uh, I know Dylan, Allen, and myself were watching live and we were wondering what happened. And luckily uh, I had opened up my laptop my chromebook and i had the the stream which was about 45 50 seconds behind so we got to go and we were all like looking at the screen to see exactly what happened that's where if you follow dylan on twitter he got a screen capture of that clothesline and it was a legit clothesline right i mean have i know uh, dylan allen and i were all in agreement that that should have been at least a card if not a red card uh no card was shown um have any of us changed our thoughts on that i'm going to go to you first dylan have you changed your thoughts on that play and it should have been a card of some sort, if not a red card. No, that's you don't lead with your hands for a header ever, you know, or your arm. Um, that's some serious foul play. That's really dangerous. Um, wow. Just that's, I mean, it's a straight red, like every day of the week, that's a straight red. Uh, and you can see it. And, I mean, we're, we're showing it right here and it's going to come up slow-mo and it's like you can argue that the ref can't see it because, well, there's there the man is. in green 10 yards away just staring at that. Um, and I think that's um, Luis Fernandez, formerly of actually Brad's club up there in Reno. He um, was a San Jose uh, transfer. 
There you go. Yeah, just absolutely throwing a haymaker in the air. Um, so that's super cool. And hopefully he earns himself a nice little um, spot in the stands for the next couple matches because um, that's not great. Um, matches between Sacramento and Orange County have generally always been like this um, where it's a lot of cards and it's a really competitive match. Seeing that takes it to a, a WWE level, right? You're absolutely right with that. Um, and it's a little bit disappointing to see that the league kind of doesn't address it. Like um, they've cut it out of the highlights of the match, which is a little bit interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really just want to see players be protective. Thankfully, Brian Olosky was okay. Um, and he got up um, and continued on and was able to continue on afterwards. I'm sure he was a little bit sore, but I mean, I just really don't want to see that kind of tackle. Like if this was a tackle studs up at the knees, we'd all be saying the same thing. Um, it's the kind of thing that doesn't belong in the game and doesn't add anything to the game and really, really needs to be clamped down or, you know, racist or homophobic abuse. It's the same thing. None of it belongs in the game. And um, you know, the league might talk about head safety and introducing these concussion subs, but ultimately when it really comes down to it, they're not doing anything um, and they're not really um, pressuring maybe pro refs to do anything about it either. That's so, meant to be brief and I talked for two minutes, so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, I try to keep it as, as calm as possible, um, but seriously, what the expletives? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to share Andy's um, comment on Facebook, but I'm not going to put that on the actual live stream. If you want to see what it is, head on over to the Facebook stream and you can see what exactly he had to say about that. Um, I think the big part of it, right, is is that arm sticking out and it's it's a good, like, that's the best thing I can use to describe it, right, Alan, is WWE. It's it's a wrestling-type move. That dude's getting some air, getting some momentum. Yeah, he's going after the ball with his head, but there's no need to have your arm out to the side and sort of coming forward into the, the opposing player, right? Right. <laughs> there, Dylan, well, that's you want how you do sweet right Alan, there. Short and sweet right there. Well, you asked the answer. Alan question, is teaching you. So... That was a much easier question to keep brief. Uh, but yeah, I think we saw it in real time. Um, you can make an argument that he's jumping and blah, blah, but I've seen that card. I mean, even a yellow card, like not even a yellow card, like that is the definition of reckless. And if someone's acting reckless on a pitch, that means they should be um, displayed a yellow card, I think is what they were saying at the match. Like, he has been shown a lovely, he has been displayed a warning card. I was like, I felt well, like you're watching Magic the Gathering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Magic of the Gathering. I choose to play the yellow hey, card. Those guys are rusty too. Those guys are still trying to get back into the flow of things after for sure. 400. Well, for sure. You know, actually, no, I can't say that because even during the pandemic, they were still having the announcer at the stadium making all the calls and uh, introducing the players and all that stuff. So, Maybe maybe we can't give that much leeway, but yeah, it's a long. Uh, it's I been a long off season. It's been a long off season, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's you know you can argue intent or not to not even card for a reckless play like that. I think um, definitely should have been shown a card. We'll see when um, discipline comes out on Wednesday, but I am not holding my breath, so um, I'm sure Dylan isn't either. Um, I mean, he's he's waiting for his, to be able to eat his food but he's definitely not holding his breath. <laughs> Let me go to you really quick, Brad. You know, there, there's over the last, you know, couple of years, there's been this huge, huge pool for, you know, player safety, especially when it comes to head injuries uh, and stuff like that. So I think there's almost that expectation when there's this contact with a head with an, ex uh, an arm extended, you should have a card there. Is there a, a case that can be made that the ref is trying to not automatically go to the card just because the player's arm is out and you think that could be, could come to mind. I'm not asking if you agree with that. I'm just asking, could that be a reason why the ref isn't pulling out the card is he doesn't want to be that ref. That's just pulling it out because it looks like someone got hit in the head. The, the only excuse I can even think of making is this foul occurred in the 94th minute and the fourth minute of added time. And the ref just wants to get out of there, you know, um, and prior to that, you know, yeah, it was chippy as all Sacramento Orange County games are, but I don't think pitchforks were out until that moment. Um, I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't think the league's going to actually do anything about it. You know, it took them three days to to make a comment about uh, 
the uh, Salt Lake City game, and this is something that is a head injury thing. I'm not getting my hopes up like the other two guys here. Um, <laughs> just, I guess it's a play on and see what happens and hope it doesn't happen again because uh, Luis Felipe got away with one there. And, and, you know, who knows? Maybe the ref thought this was a Sacramento home match and he didn't want to have to deal with hearing the Sacramento announcers um, complain when a, a, a yellow or red card is shown in that um, scenario there, you know, you, we, we've all heard what can happen with some of those Sacramento um, calls uh, and matches. Orange County experienced it uh, last season, I believe. So um, I'm joking. I'm not trying to make an excuse on that. It's, it's all a joke on there. Sorry, Sacramento, if you're offended by what I had to say there, if you've listened to us. Uh, but no, um, this is something where, again, there's this emphasis on protecting players, especially when it comes to head injuries. Um, you got to you've got to protect the players in this situation. And um, this is where you'd love to see potential for like VAR in the USL. I know the technology is not quite there, but this would potentially be something that would be reviewed in that case. And then you can in the match. Uh, I Dylan looks very disgusted when I'm talking about it. There are certain parts of VAR that are that are good, especially when it's coming to player safety and protecting the players. Now, some of the calls that get made because of technicalities with handballs and 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 whatnot, yes, that's very frustrating. But this would be the type of play where you can look at it and say this is obviously uh, an, a dangerous play that could have injured a player, and we can issue uh, a red card at that point. Which, in my opinion that play is a red card uh, uh, offense there by uh, the Sacramento player. And the fact that no card was shown was the thing I think that everyone was most surprised about. Um, I would have expected at least a yellow card on there, um, you know, just because of what happened, but who knows it is uh, it is what it is. And that's what happened. I don't want to dwell too much on this, but any last thoughts on the Sacramento orange County match before we go to preview um, Los Dos? Three points, and uh, Dylan's calculating his score. Well, oh no, no you're, it's I mean, Orange County's. Orange County has three points. Yeah, a big three points against a team that's going to be there um, up towards the top of the table at the end of the season. And um, wow, it was really, really nice to be back in the stadium. And I think uh, ask anyone that was there on Saturday night, and they'll agree with you. Um, it's almost real life again, and 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 soccer is healing. Fans are in the now, stands. That's great. Now, I sort of uh, thought Dylan was referencing something, but not quite. Um, Dylan and Alan weren't here last week when we decided we're going to do this no th- new thing where we're going to sort of predict scores and earn points for correct predictions. And because you guys weren't here, Dylan and Alan, uh, Brad and I took care of uh, predicting the matches for you, um, which didn't go so well for either of you. Uh, you know, last the, the, the final score on this was Orange County 1, Sacramento 0. Dylan predicted that it was going to be uh, Sacramento to Orange County zero. So he gets zero points in this, in this, uh, Brad was successful on getting a score. Correct. He predicted one, one, but he gets the th- uh, three points because he predicted the correct score for Orange County. Um, Alan, you were nowhere close. You predicted a 10, 10 draw. Um, and this was almost the furthest from a 10, 10 draw. You can get the only, come on, Alan, obvious would have um, been a zero, zero, but with a zero, zero I, draw, I wanna... Alan would have gotten, Alan would have got four points. So, you know, in the I want to go, I want to go to the notes. I think it's 1.0 to 1.0, not nope, 10. That is not it. 10, 10. I purposely remember the score prediction was 10, 10. Cause Brad was cracking up when that was announced. He thought that was such a ridiculous prediction from you. Um, was my prediction close. was, my prediction was two, one, Orange County. So although I didn't get any of the scores correct, I do get four points for predicting the winner correctly or the outcome correctly with a Orange County win. So uh, after one week of this, we didn't do the very first match. So unfortunately, this is sort of after one week of this, um, I'm in the lead with four points. Brad has three points and Dylan and Alan have zero points. Maybe they can make some better predictions this week. We'll see what happens as we get into this Los Dos predictions uh, and preview. So let's talk about Los Dos. They've played six matches now. Orange County has played two matches. How is that going to impact Orange County, are they at a disadvantage having only played two matches to uh, LA Galaxy playing six matches? Dylan? Uh, absolutely. But um, not to play spoiler or anything, but we talked to Brady Includes here on Saturday night, and we asked if there are going to be any changes in the formation, and he said, no, probably not. So um, 
Mostos will have a difficult time breaking down that defense. Um, I don't think they're as good of a team as Sacramento is, um, at least offensively, because they don't have the likes of Carlton Belmar um, up top um, or Darius Fermea or Famela, however you say it. Um, they're at a disadvantage elsewhere, um, but we even saw in that preseason match, Orange County's first team looked solid, had a 1-0 lead through that one, um, and then things kind of fell apart when the, um, when the reservists and the trials came on. But see what happens. I mean, it's the USL, and it's a two-team. So crazy stuff has happened, but um, I ultimately think, yes, Orange County's at a disadvantage, but they do have enough to take away a win. So let me go to you, Alan, because these two met in the preseason and uh, LA Galaxy was victorious in that matchup in the preseason. What changes between that and this that uh, makes Dylan so confident? Like all of the players, I think that was what was different. Um, I don't think, you know, what what Dylan said, I don't think that game had tons of starters in it. Um, It didn't have your regular setup. Now you have a new kind of setup with Orozco playing higher um usl tactics did a little show on this today with the, like some nice videos breaking down the different look uh, it just gives orange county a much different look than we saw in preseason um and it gives them ability to uh react defensively um, i don't know if this is going to be necessarily a high scoring match um i don't think the the way that orange county is playing right now it doesn't seem that the orange county is going to go that route of trying to outscore teams I think they're going to frustrate them and win some low-scoring matches. Um, yeah, LA has been kind of up and down like normal. I mean, they're two, two, and two. Um, they beat Real Monarchs and Vegas. Uh, they drew to Tacoma and Sporting Kansas City too, uh, and they lost to Sacramento and Oakland uh, in a very tough match. So they're going to put up a, a good fight. I think there's some free kick uh, assassins in that team. So don't give away any free kicks around the 18 because they can do some damage. Um, They did some damage last year as well. Um, So they have some options to beat you on free kicks, but as long as you play that sound defense like we're talking about with Reese Breen um, and don't give away any silly fouls in your area, I think you you walk out of this one feeling pretty good. I got to remember to unmute myself when I mute the, my microphone. So I apologize. Uh, I was going to go to you, Brad, and I was going to ask you this question. We heard from uh, Dylan that uh, according to coach Braden Cloutier, uh, there are going to be probably no or limited changes to the game plan. Um, is that the correct, in your opinion, Brad, is that the correct approach to this match? Or is there any tweaks or, or changes that you would make heading into a match against uh, LA Galaxy 2? I I pretty much agree uh, with the decision. You know, I thought the team played very well. You know, the back line of two Scots and Brent and Nathan went really well. Um, you know, Orozco playing a little bit higher too uh, definitely had definitely definitely looked well with the team. Um, I think you don't really need to change too much. Um, going into Los Dos, but I do want to emphasize what Alan said uh, about the free kick assassins. Um, Los Dos is pretty good with their free kicks. I think in their game against uh, um, LAFC2, a.k.a. the Lights, uh, they had two or three quality free kicks that went into the back of the net. Um, So just something to keep an eye out there. Although Los Dos is coming off of a... uh, a two-game week last week where it was a loss to Oakland Roots in devastating fashion, um, allowing a goal in the 90th minute, uh, kind of sealing the defeat for them and giving Oakland their first win of the season. Uh, And then a 1-1 draw against, I think it was 1-1, against uh, Sporting Kansas City 2, a team that Losto should be beating any other day of the week. Perfect. And, and you you all mentioned or we talked a little bit here about Michael Orozco in this new role um, as sort of that holding midfielder that can drop back and help out and, and um, support the defense and also move up the, the pitch a little bit. Are we excited about this role for Michael Orozco, um, you know, based on what we've seen in his past with Orange County? And now that we know we have a solid center back replacement in Reese Breen that can fill in there and play probably a little bit more mistake free 
or at least um, not taking those big chances. Uh, is that exciting uh, as an Orange County fan to see that? Or are we thinking this is probably something that the club is just doing because of the loss of maybe a Seth Kasipoli, um in the preseason? Uh, Dylan, really quick, you can go for it. I think it's a change that's necessitated by injuries and losses, yes. Um, we talked to Braden Cloutier, um, and I might be taking something from Alan here, but basically he said um, it's been something he's been wanting to try for a long time, and I think now was kind of the opportunity. Um, and if we're also going to talk about this formation change, I think it's worth talking about Euro Markkinen playing next to um, Ronaldo Damas, which is just really great. Um, I talked to you guys on Saturday night about it, but it's like it's a um, kind of a like fun retro like big man little man partnership. Um, and it works super well. Um, so I'm excited to see them get comfortable playing next to each other and playing off of each other. I know that um, Darwin Jones can play there as well. Um, but I think it works really well having Michael Roscoe. Um, maybe not even as a six, like even further back. Um, but he does like to get forward. Um, and occasionally when he's been playing as a center back, he's ended up really far really far out of position um, and he's kind of forced his partner to cover for that being a more of a halfback and instead of a center back means that he's still got two guys behind him. So if he does um, maybe get a little bit lost, he'll, he'll be okay. We still got some defensive cover. That was not brief at all. My apologies. I'm going to get at this eventually. <laughs> Alan, let me ask you really quick. Do you agree with Dylan on the, his assessment of, uh, basically we have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito up on the front line there. And are you excited with twins 2.0? Um, wow. Um, I mean, technically if this was like a hot take podcast, I would be like, no, I totally disagree with Dylan. He's wrong. Um, Thomas, DeVito, you're not going to, you're not going to uh, play the, the skip Bayless or the Stephen A. Smith role on our podcast. Uh, Arnold Mockinen and, Damas DeVito up there. Yeah. Please um, stop. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's I, think exactly, I mean, honestly, right, Dylan, Dylan's embarrassed, <laughs> but really his assessment of it was he was basically telling the story of twins, the the movie from like the 80s where Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito play uh twins. And, and that's I mean, a big guy and a little guy uh, you know, playing together. I mean, that's what they do, right? Get down. Um yeah, I think there. I think there's some options that you're kind of forced into uh, based on some injuries um, all over the pitch, really. Um, but there's enough depth there that you can kind of change up your look, where you can do the the target guy and the speed guy, um, or you can do kind of a three at the top. Um, Avian Flanagan came on late. Uh, same with Brian Olasky, and it changed up kind of the look of the offense a little bit. Um, Michael Orozco stepping up in that midfield. He, I mean, he does love to get forward, and I've seen Kiernan have to bail him out from time to time um, on some pretty aggressive defensive plays. Um, and you see this, it's odd. You see this sometimes when like midfielders, DMs uh, fall back into the back line and they still try to tackle like they're a midfielder, uh, and they kind of they pull themselves out of position. They make some silly defensive mistakes because they defend more like a midfielder than a center back. And so having guys like Breen and Kiernan behind Orozco can allow him to play in somewhat that seems like a more comfortable fit for him defensively and offensively where he likes to get forward, but he can also be a little bit more aggressive in some of his tackling um, and positioning in that midfield and still have two center backs covering behind him. Um, I think it opens up some options going forward and in the defense as well. Um, this is really fun to watch. I enjoyed uh, how they were set up. I enjoyed how they were playing. It's just a fun match to watch. So let me jump to you really quick, Brad. And this is really not much to do with uh, LA Galaxy, but maybe potentially in it. So uh, Blaine on uh, social media watching us says, we lost our first game wearing our blue kits. Will we ever wear them again? So let me ask you this. Do we see the blue kits against Los Dos uh, this weekend? What do you think? Odds. You're muted, Brad. I don't know against Los Dos, but for sure you're going to see them again. You know, as a team, you don't spend that type of money on making jerseys and selling jerseys. And the Blues are by far one of the more popular ones uh, the team has this year. Um, no, you're going to see them eventually. And 
they didn't lose the first game because of the jerseys. And if you believe that, then you need to find yourself, never find yourself in a casino because the type of superstition involved in that is totally, you know, just silly. Um, no, you're not going to, you're not going to not wear those jerseys again. And if you're superstitious about the blues and you lost in a game, that was more because it was our first game. and The team we played against played three already. All right. Uh, let's move on to score predictions here for this match. So just a reminder, because Dylan and Alan, although they provided predictions last week, they weren't here. So they probably don't 100% know the rules. You get four points for predicting the correct outcome, which means a winner or a draw. Um, or you get three points if you cr- uh, predict the correct score for either of the two teams. So you could be wrong in the outcome, but if you get the score correct for one of those uh, teams or both of them, then you can get three or six points. So you can get a total of 10 points um, each match if you get the score exactly correct and the winner exactly correct. So we're going to go uh, from whoever's in last to first, and both of you are in last, so we'll just go alphabetically. Alan, you get to go first. What is your prediction for this match, the uh, scoreline, and who's winning, or if it's a draw? Uh, Los Dos is going to Los by Dos, and they're going to lose 2 nil. Stop. 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 What's wrong with you? <laughs> you sound like you sound like that recording on that that old recording on the log ride at Knott's Berry Farm. That would be like sit down uh, when anyone would like raise their arm or stand up on the boat. Uh, Dylan, what's your prediction for this match? How old are you, Grandpa? Uh, two um, one. Uh, Orange County. Two one. I, I think Orange a set County. piece is gonna is gonna provide some pressure. Perfect. What about you, uh, Brad? Um, I'm gonna agree with Alan on this one. It's gonna be a two-zero Orange County win. I'm I I don't need to make any bold changes sitting in second. Perfect. And then do I go with my predictions that Dylan loves so much? Yeah, you this? do. Dylan, yeah, see now Dylan do. wants me to do it because then it's gonna make his odds better of winning, right? He used to hate me doing this, but now he actually wants it to happen. Now I'm gonna go one nil Orange County on this match. So I'm gonna Predict that it's going to be the same score line that we had this past week. One nail Orange County, and I am expecting a full 10 points from this. Do you all agree with me? Um, let us know. Look, we got Russell on the. All right. If we play five at the back and we concede three goals, uh, I'll put 10 bucks on. We never play five at the back again. Sorry. I had thought it's a bad throat. one. Like that game is going to be crazy and i really would just rather have a 2-1 or a 2-0 or a whatever ray suggested 1-0 oh my god one nil. i just scratched my throat there right when i was about to call out russell's prediction on that's terrifying two, three. four to three orange county is um four to three orange county that, that will that any of us physically survive that game perfect um really quick before we get to random thoughts i want to let everyone know with june approaching the Orange and Black Soccer Cast will be participating in playing for Pride as we do each and every um, opportunity we get. Except for, I don't think we did it last year, but last year was such a crazy year. It, it didn't quite make sense, but who knows? I can't remember. But we will be participating this year, and we're going to be doing the same thing we've done in the past. We're going to do fantasy soccer, uh, drafting five players each from Orange County's roster. And we have this crazy scoring system that makes pro- pro- probably no sense to anyone except for us that we created it. Um, but we're going to go off that. There's four of us here. We're also inviting super fan Andy to join us. He'll be on the episode next week to draft with us. So if you do the math, there's five of us and we're each picking five players. So there's going to be 25 players picked. There's no rules to who you can pick. The only rule is the players you pick have to perform whatever tasks while playing for orange County. So if one of us has the inside scoop of a signing, that's going to come join the club. We can pick them up on the draft and maybe, maybe we can score big on that. Um, so we'll go over more details of that next week, but uh, feel free if you want to participate. We're going to open this up. If you want to participate with us, so what's, what happens in this is we all pick our squad, and whoever the four losers are are going to donate uh, a designated amount to Playing for Pride as the losers. Um, if you want to sort of participate on this, you can jump on, uh, and you can back one of us after you see what our, our draft is like, and you know you can commit to donating if your favorite podcaster or super fan um, Andy lose. Uh, so we'll go over that next week. That'll pretty much be a lot of what we do next week. Um, of course, we'll talk about the low dose match uh, as well. 
Um, random thoughts really quick before we wrap things up. I'm going to go to the person in last place, but we'll go reverse alphabetical order this time. Dylan. Okay, let me just bring it up that no alphabetical order would ever start with first name. Unless you're the niece of roster sheets, but that's a different story. And well, that is a little bit of a random thing. But no, I, I think you my, should know that. Yeah, I should. Um, and I do. Um, hence the complaint. But I think my random thought is not so much random as like um you can be really positive about the league that your club is in, but ultimately it doesn't mean anything. Um, they're all not that great. And the USL is really showing the colors this week. Um in in that regard so just support your club and maybe spend less time on twitter arguing with the nisa fan boys or the nasl fan boys i mean i think that's just the uh the cosmos owner at this point um or mls fan boys just uh support your local team and, and have a good time and be safe um and in, enjoy a beer in the stands while you root your team on to a one nil victory what about you alan um, if you enjoyed uh, the TV program Scrubs as much as I enjoyed the TV program Scrubs, um, I have been enjoying Fake Doctors, Real Friends with uh, I almost said Zach Efron. That's not right. Um, Zach and Donald uh, from the show. They do a rewatch where they rewatch every episode and they give you background information and bring on guests. It's definitely not Zach Efron. That's terrible. It's terrible of me. Zach Braff, Donald Faison. Um, and it is quite delightful. If you're looking for something kind of positive and fun, uh, there's a little bit of seriousness in there as with scrubs, but, uh, I enjoyed the podcast and, uh, I'm currently so far behind, but it's good. Uh, Brad, what about you? How do I top that? Um, how do we even compete with that? Um, with what Zach Efron? <laughs> yeah. You just stopped yeah. talking probably. Yeah. No, that would be no fun. Um, no, watching the game on TV this past weekend really has me excited for not this upcoming weekend, but the following weekend. I'm going to be making a trip down to Sacramento to watch Orange County play. So it'll be my first chance to actually see the team in person for the 2021 season. Um, so that's going to be amazing if you guys are going to make it up. I know the three of you guys won't be planning, but if anybody who listens wants to make it up to Sacramento to watch a game, I don't know why. Um, definitely hit me up on the Twitter machine and we will figure out a plan. And um, I'm just going to say this, uh, you know, with soccer, uh, with fans in the stands back and with uh, California loosening restrictions here in a few weeks, I still want to remind everyone to try and remain safe. Uh, you know, if, if, if you must be around big groups of people, just be safe about it until um, we're all in a better position. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to more and more fans returning, but I want to see it in a safe way. So hopefully that um, continues. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at look at all those people that are right behind you in that picture. Yeah, but they're they're not they're not yelling or spitting. They're just frozen there. I did like go back to the '80s. Right there was a, sh a show back in the '80s where this girl would do this, and it would just freeze everyone. Um, and that's what I did to these people back here. So okay, old man. All right. <laughs> uh, Dylan, where can people follow you if they want to learn more about you? Because they obviously can't follow you at Sky Bowl Fanatic. Well, um, maybe I'll change my username. Um, but actually, no, my Twitter handle is at OCSC underscore Dylan, and that's D-Y-L-E-N. Quick, really quick, Dylan, before I get to Alan and Brad, for people that don't know what this sky ball is, just really quick in like 30 seconds, let them know. <clears throat> All right, so Legion FC down there in Birmingham, Alabama, um, has this massive ball. Big ball, I think is what they call it. I think that's Kaylor Hodges, actually, who's been a guest on this podcast. I um, kind of brought that up. And uh, Superfan Andy um, raised the point of Skyball, um, or maybe Skyball, um, but I think it's Skyball, spelled with a note. Um, anyway, Skyball, um, praise be to her. Amen. Um, she, she goes to the sky, um, and she's in our logo, and she makes everything at Championship Soccer Stadium that much better. So praise be Skyball. As much as I love Skyball and, you know, who cares about Big Bowl, nothing competes to Minute Ball. Uh, Alan, what are your thoughts on uh, – or no, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, my thoughts about where people can find me on social media is uh, you can find me at Android 48 on the Twitter machine. And which which is the best ball? Um, meat. 
Meatball. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, where can people follow you on social media if they want to hear more from you? And then also let us know what is your opinion? What is the best ball? Um, You can find me at pal on the sky. Says it there. Um, And the best ball is ball ball. Ball ball. Minute ball's son. Yeah, he's double ball. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at DJ. There we get it right. DJ Ray Samora. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast or go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com to listen to each and every episode or read anything that we've written. We're actually starting to write things again, uh, thanks to a season returning. So you actually have a reason to go to our website if you want to read. Dylan looks like he wants to do something, say something. Yeah. So tell us which which is the best ball. Um, well, I already said minute ball. But I think Brad is correct because ball ball is a double ball. So, I mean, you can't beat ball ball. Those are just called balls. Anyway, if it's not sky ball, it's soccer balls. Deuce to see you next week, everyone. Okay, bye. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks uh, for uh, Dylan, for Brad, for Alan, and for our guest, Reese Breen. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I'm Ray Samora, and we are out. Oh.